just what I want to share is just um, how I've been able to just really respond to the Lord lately and His love. And I was praying and asking Him this morning, you know, Lord, how do I wrap up what my breakthrough has been? And um, it's truly just been in responding to the Lord and His love for me. Mm. And I had had something folded up in my Bible. Um, it was actually just a picture um, that I had cut out of newspaper, but I flipped it over today, and the headline really spoke to me, and it said, um, Spacewalkers Take Flight with Ease. And I read the, um, the article, and it was well, really shaking. It was really just talking about um, these astronauts um, and their mission, you know, but I just really felt the Lord was speaking to me through that article and just that... Um, that just, you know, He wants to take us to places. He wants to just equip us, that we're really like those astronauts, and we have really been equipped to take flight and to go to places that we haven't seen. And, and that's really the place I feel like the Lord um, has me right now. He's taken me to places that, you know, my mind can't see. Mm. And I just really feel He wants that for His body. He wants to take us places in him places that our eyes can't see that you know that he just there's a grace that comes with it and I think that it's really what that space walkers take flight with ease I really felt like that's what he was saying it's that grace that comes you know when we're living in the Lord and it's that whole thing um in him I live and move and have my being and that's really my prayer is that in him I live and in Him I move, and in Him I have my being. Thank you, Lord. And that's my breakthrough, because that's where He's taking me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Um, real quick, um, I've lived here for about five, six years, and, and while I've lived here, I just haven't felt the Lord, haven't you know, been in His presence. And, and I almost got to the point where I was like, you know, well... You know, it's just going to be like this for a couple of years, hope, you know, maybe, you know. And I just got to the the fact of that. And um, anyways, really what the Lord has been doing in my life, when Sunday when the ladies got back from the women's retreat, I got prayed for and I really, you know, felt the Lord and stuff. But I really knew that there was a greater level to walk in. There was... A, deeper presence I hadn't got into yet and um, Wednesday night um, we watched the Heidi Baker video and um, she was talking about the oil and the wine and you can't run on empty you can't I can't do worship up here on empty I can't pray for people on empty I can't do anything empty and so the, I just that's what my problem's been. <laughs> I've been doing everything on empty. And I, after I, she was talking about passion, compassion, and what fills that tank up is that passion for the Lord. And so I went over there and I laid down on the floor and I, you know, just laid face down and then I turned over on my back and... Um, I just started speaking in tongues, and I'm not one for speaking in tongues, and I just, you know, I've always been like, oh, a little turned off by it. Um, 
But I was like, Lord, I've said everything that there is to say to you from my mind. I have really got to let the Spirit really start crying out. So, so I was over there and I was praying and I was just praying in tongues to the Lord and in the Spirit. And um, Becky came over and prayed for me and it was like this burning right here. just went poof. And it was like, all I can say is this vision I got for it was this huge hole and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and this fire was just coming in and out of it. And, you know, and I just, the Lord just started giving me tongues and it just coming and, you know, and I felt myself get a little loud and I, and I, and I was like, oh, no, 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 you know. And then, you know, I remembered what Byron said last message. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it because he was talking about the fanatic in the attic. And I'm telling you, I, I heard that fell in the cellar and I was like, I'm tired of it. I'm ready for that fanatic to come out and whatever it takes, it's going to come out. And I told my husband, I told him when I went home after I got prayed for him, I was talking to Sarah about here, the Lord told me after just in his presence of restoration, of healing, of love, of all these wonderful gifts, he, he didn't have to, but he was just saying, here, take it, take it. And afterwards, I was telling her, I said, you know, here he was telling me, it's not hard getting in my presence. You're making it out to be this huge, big deal, and it's not, and we do, and we think it's going to be this problem trying to get in his presence, and we're trying to manufacture it, and we try to get in there, and we're trying to, you know, well, maybe if I say this or whatever, and I'm telling you, and this is one thing that the Lord's been telling me, is just like when you're thirsty, your mouth gets real dry, and you're like, I, you know what you need. You need water. And it's just like your spirit. If the spirit tells you, you need to get on the floor, get on the floor. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to speak in tongues to praise him, speak in tongues, talk in the spirit. Do what your spirit is telling you because your spirit knows what you need. And I'm telling you, you need to listen to that fanatic in the attic because he's telling you what you need to do. And hold on, one more thing. Just real quick. But, I mean, it is time to wake up. Why are we living with the feller in the cellar is beyond me. Because it's boring. It's boring, and we're not going to change people's lives. We're not going to we're not going to get the people that need and the one thing that Sarah told me that when I was like, you know, oh, you know, it I was making it so hard to step into the Lord's presence. Not only that, he's happy that we step into his presence. It's a good thing. He's happy. He's like, "Yes, finally." Finally, and here you get the best of both worlds. You get to be in His presence, and you get to make our Father pleased and happy. There's nothing better than that. And you know what? It's not that hard to stay in His presence. We think it's so hard that we we go from day to day. And, and one thing I was like, Lord, that I kept giving a vision because I was like, Lord, I want Your presence just to flow wherever I go. And I kept seeing this robe of light. It was just light, and it was this robe, and it was just following me. And I came home to Aaron and I told him, I'm ready. And the Lord's saying, you got to be ready now. It's time to be fanatical about me. Why not? I saved you. 
You know, why not? I gave you grace. And, you know, the best thing is, and I'll end on this, is that, you know, you think that, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, and you think, oh, I've experienced everything there is to experience about the Lord, and that's such a lie. And we, oh, my gosh, we, us, we went over to Donna's house, and on the way I was like, well, Lord, I mean, it's hard to top Wednesday night. I mean, it's really hard to top that. We went over there, and we started worshiping, and then we had the spirit of laughter come on us. I've never laughed that hard in my life. My cheeks were hurting so bad, and it was from the gut. And then afterwards, it's like, and then the Lord was just like, see, and you thought there's all that to experience. And it's not. The Lord has so much more deeper. And I'm ready to drip in the oil. I'm ready to drip in the wine. And I want you guys to be ready. And I'm telling you, this is really what I'm saying, is that the Spirit tells you to get down and get dirty with Him. Get down, please. It's what your Spirit is telling you to do. If you need to lay across the floor, do it. Don't care about what anybody thinks. <laughs> well... Amen. Amen, Lord. My testimony, Gabe, stand up here real quick. Stand up here. This is actually Gabe's testimony for the week. Gabe, stand up for a second. Here, you can stand up up here so people can see you. This I want to, to share to encourage you with your children that the Lord's done a huge amount in me, but to encourage you really to let your children experience the Lord with you to if they want to pray with you or because the Lord is stirring up in children and I encourage you not to nullify what the Lord could do even in a three-year-old so what did we pray this week about um oh God that come into my heart and gave me some passion and I pray for the, all the people I know, and I pray for Amy and Addie and <laughs> Judah, but not that people, but this Papa and Nana too, and and um when we the other day. We were on the way somewhere, and Gabe just said to me, Mommy, when we get home, can we pray? And I thought he said play. So I said, well, it depends on what time it is when we get home because it might be nap time on whether you can play or not. And he said, no, I said pray, not play. And I was like, yeah? Well, what do you want to pray? And he said, I want to ask Jesus in my heart and for more passion. That's what he's been asking for, passion. Like she needs a whole lot of passion, but <laughs> so we got home. We got home, and he said, "I want to get my guitar out." And I said, "Okay." I was just kind of flowing with him because he was, you know. And he got his guitar out, and he said, "I want to play that song first. And I said, "Okay." So he starts singing this song that he wrote. He sings, "I say," and he started singing the song, and then all of a sudden he started making this face, and I was like, "And I said, what?" And he goes. God's making me laugh. And I was like, I said, well, that's great. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Making me smile. That's right. God's making me smile. And then he said, he said, I can't even sing. And I was like, 
And he said, it's funny, like that. And it was like, here he was, this little three-year-old, getting the joy of the Lord. And then we prayed and asked Jesus into our heart. And the whole time I was praying, he would just go, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just like, blown away. And then when we got done praying, and he wanted to make sure we prayed for passion. And we got done praying. He kept praying, and he just said, and God, before... I was singing, and I didn't have passion. But now, I got passion. You know? <laughs> so I just want to encourage you that the Lord's really even stirring in the children. And just look for it in your children. Look for what the Lord's doing. Like when I first came home from the retreat, the Lord was stirring in Judah. And just, when you see that, just encourage it in them. You know, and don't immediately think, your mind wants to think, oh, they're just, you know, copycatting or, you know. It's not that. It's not. That's the fellow in the cellar. The, thing, the truth is, the Lord is stirring in the children. So. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of history about my testimony, and that is about 10 years ago in January... Becky and Byron and Chuck and Janet and I went to Toronto. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we went there to get some. <laughs> but, you know, and when we went there, there were these prophetic teams that would give you a word, and we all got words, and Chuck and Janet got this grand and glorious man and woman of God stuff. And Becky and Byron got this woo over the top stuff. I mean, just, you know, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I went in there and they said, um, I just see that the Lord just loves you and he just wants to pull you up on daddy's lap. And, and I'm like, what? You could give that to anybody. I, what's the, you know, what's the deal? I despised it. I went to the car and bawled. And Byron, to this day, holds that against me. <laughs> Not against me. You know what I'm saying. Because it was kind of ridiculous because... When you think about that, that's a pretty tremendous thing. But I just felt like, well, you know, that's just what they give you when they don't have anything else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't have anything for me, so God loves me and I'm going to be on Daddy's lap. <laughs> and so then, over the next ten years, I got that prophecy um, two more times, just like that. Pretty much, I mean, it was a little bit different, but it was the same message of, that the Lord just desired to be with me and that he loved me and he wanted to dance with me. And, and I just thought, what is with these people? I'm not going to get prophesied over anymore, you know? And I just despised what the Lord was really trying to say to me, you know? And, and two months ago, around, I guess, in September, I found myself absolutely desperate for the Lord, you know, just... I, I don't even know if it was for the Lord. I was just desperate, and I was so lonely. I, I can't even tell you how lonely I was. I, went to, I was with a crowd of people on my birthday, and I have never felt so alone in my whole life, just absolutely destitute. And I just was crying out to the Lord. I was like, you know, what is this? I, I mean, I'm just desperate, you know? And, and uh, so... I just felt like, okay, Donna, well, you know, one of your gifts is to really love people, and you just need to get out there on Sunday and, 
and show yourself friendly again and just start loving on people. And so I got out there and I said, okay, I'm going to get out of that booth back there and I'm going to spend some time with some people. And I did that, you know, and it, it was good, but, you know, it just, I was still just desperate, you know. And so I thought, well, you know, whatever, if anybody asked me to come over, if anybody asked me to do anything, I'm going to do it. You know, that's what I'll do. That's the only thing I know to do, and that's what I'll do. And Becky and Byron invited me to go see Heidi Baker. And I thought, well, this can't hurt, you know. I I mean, I heard she's, you know, pretty anointed, and I've never heard her, so I'll go there. And we went there, and we just sat on the back row over there, and there was this powerful anointing in there. And the ones of you who saw that video, that's, that's where we were. But, you know, at the same time, I, it made me feel more desperate because I, I don't have that. I didn't have what she was talking about, the passion and compassion. It, was, it really made me worse, you know, almost. Not really, but you know what I'm saying, just more desperate for this is not enough. What I have is just not enough. And so I came home and I was just... Um, when I, I couldn't wait to get them out of the car, and I just started just crying out to God. Just, God, you know, this just isn't enough for me. And, and I, so I went to bed that night just weeping. I mean, I was just... I, I, have y'all got that? I was at the end of myself. <laughs> I don't think I have to drive that home anymore. But the next morning I woke up, and it was the same thing. And when you wake up in the morning like that, that's when you know it's bad. <laughs> You know, and so I was just weeping and weeping and saying, God, you know, if showing myself friendly is all I've got left down here as a Christian, then just come and take me home. Because it's just not enough. I can't, that's not enough for me. I can't, I'm not good at being a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I've always told Becky and Byron, I just don't even make a good Christian. You know, and that's what qualifies me because he has to replace me. Because I'm not a good Christian, you know. I need Jesus to live in me. And so I was just telling the Lord what was on my heart. And it was almost like the Lord was just in my room. I just had this holy visitation of God. It was like he, he tapped me on my shoulder almost like, hey, I'm here. You know, like, hello. And he said, Donna, do you want to see what I'm doing? And I'm like... Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm in this desperate state, and and the Lord just showed up. And suddenly I was in this dark place. It was just absolutely black, pitch black. You couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And this pillar of light just pierced through the darkness, and it was holiness, and it was just like a foundational pillar that was coming down, and it hit the earth, and when it did, um, the whole earth shook with holiness. And this smoke just started rising up and penetrating the darkness. And I don't know why, but that just hit me, and I said, so that's where holy smokes comes from. (laughs) And it was like that did something, and the Lord and I just started laughing. And we were laughing and laughing. I laughed for two hours, just like it just, I couldn't stop. And, but the thing that I really want to get across to you here 
is that's what the Lord wanted to show me all this time over that 10 years is that I'm sorry it's just hard you know and you've been touched by this love is that he loved being with me I mean he was delighted he was thrilled to be with me and me kidding around with you know with the holy smokes was like the only way I know how to describe it and I told this to Becky and Byron is Byron is just loves his kids and when they're all coming home at the same time he's just almost obnoxious he's so thrilled that they're coming home I mean it's like please get yourself together buddy you know and and that's what it was like it was like he had been waiting and I said Lord you know that's what that word was 10 years ago that you wanted to pull me up on your lap and just spend time with you had I known and I said why did it take so long and he said because all I wanted was for you to want me that's all I wanted was for you to take one step towards me for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to prove himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. That is all he's looking for. It's just that heart that will say, Here I am, Lord. Come, Lord. And since then, I have not been the same. I, I, I will never be the same again, touched by that love. And it is beyond salvation. It is, it is like my eyes have been opened to my very destiny on earth the kingdom of God and to further the kingdom of God I can see things differently now and I have more power in my life so much that it surprises me I mean like for me speaking in public I would rather flush my head down a toilet I'm be honest with you I'm the worst I, I mean I've been to all the classes the $500 classes to teach you to do it and I flunked out of those I, I can't handle it but I got up the other week in front of the vice president of my company, and generally I'd almost pay somebody to, to deliver the speech so that I wouldn't have to. I volunteered to do that speech, and I volunteered to go first, and I answered every question she had, and I had no fear. And I knew right then that the Lord, you know, I didn't even want to go to work anymore because the Lord had touched me so much, but I see the Lord in my work. And he's just changed my life. I'm not the same person that I was before, and it's ongoing. It's like when I go before the Lord, and we've got this CD, it's Bending to Hear, Kalani. That, she just knows what's going on in the Lord. I mean, we listened to that CD the other night and just worshiped the Lord, and he was there. It's like there's an open heaven that revelation is being poured out and the love of God is being poured out without measure. Do not miss out on this time. Don't miss out on this time in Christ. Amen. Some good preaching. One thing about the kids... I was telling Marlon this morning one thing I was thinking about Wednesday night when uh, we were praying is uh, we had Emma Lou here and, you know, 
uh, she, Becky was back there over here praying for Heather, you know, and she gets this hoeing thing. Ho! <laughs> she said ho, and Emma said, ho! <laughs> I was thinking, that's interesting. She's back there hoeing. Then later, uh, Heather got blasted by the Lord and then got up and went over and started praying for somebody else, and Emma was crawling around over there with her. And I was sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm a granddaddy. That's where I want my kids, my grandkids. I'd rather have them there than anywhere in the world because God's really doing something. And I want my kids in God's river. That's where I want them. And uh, I was saying, you know, the next time the river really gets released in here, why don't we go get all our children in the nursery, get the toys and bring them here and throw them on the floor here, and just let this get blasted with the Lord. And, let, and they can play. I mean, if they need to have their diapers changed, they can take them in the back room. But we don't do di- I don't do diapers in the same room. I don't get mad when people do that around me. But can't, I have a real sense in that. I get, I get throw up. And get these kids in here. Let them get touched by the Lord. We may not see nothing on them today, but when they're 25 years old, they'll have something in them that will come out of them that will be awesome. So when I heard about that, I thought, man, this is awesome. The Lord wants to touch. We were just driving down the road. We were seeing kids on the side of the road playing. And we were saying, man, the Lord really wants to help these kids, these little children. He wants to, he's got a heart towards them. Got a heart towards us old children, too. I think it's just powerful what the Lord's doing. And the reason we want to share the testimonies is you can fake things and get, you know, hype things, okay? But you can't hype the Lord touching people. This, that's why I wanted these people to share the testimony. Because I've been up here grinding away at you guys. The Lord's moving, you know, and trying to get you to believe something. But the best way for you to believe something is to hear people who've experienced this. Because you can't get them to get up here and lie like that for you. You can't pay them to lie like that for you. They were, they're not going to do it. And uh, so we've just seen the Lord touch a lot of people in significant ways. And it is a time for the Lord to touch people. Donna said it right. There's an open heaven. And like I said last week, you can be a fool. I didn't say it like that. But this, it's foolish when the Lord moves. I've said this over and over. When the Lord moves, we take advantage of it. Because it doesn't, there's no guarantee that he'll move tomorrow. There's no guarantees about that stuff. So when we finish, i got a short message I want to give. When we finish, I was going to ask these girls uh, to come up here and anybody wants prayer. A lot of other people have been touched. We could have, you know, could have had Tony Baker, Mr. Firecracker Head. <laughs> His head, he got fire all over him the other night. People can't fake that. It's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. And I just want to really encourage you to, you know, the Lord says, uh, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon the Lord while he's near. Because in the day of many waters he may not be found. In other words, now's the time. And, you know, we, and I'm a big, big, and like I've told you, is I've learned the hard way. Being skeptical or being analytical, you know, the engineer brain, the fellow in the cellar, got jumped in there and started talking, and I listened to him instead of listening to the fanatic in the attic. Well, the fellow in the cellar, Generally speaking, is wrong. Most of the time, he's wrong. But the fanatic in the attic is never wrong. He's a hundred percent because he's the spirit man. And I really want to encourage you. Amen. Those are great testimonies, weren't they? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for touching people's lives. So what we're trying to do is understand what the Lord is doing and cooperate with Him.
that's really what we want to do. We want to, you know, um, so I wanted this to share. Like I said, I have a 15-minute message. I designed it around this, and then we're going to pray for people. But let's look at Acts 5, 12 through 13 right quick. And it says, Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And I wanted to read something uh, we just read from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer was a preacher from the 50s and 60s. He was really a prophet, really. And this is what A.W. said. Uh, This was his commentary on this verse. He said, In that early church they met together on Solomon's porch, and so great was God's presence that none of the rest dared join them. The world saw fire in that bush and stood back in fear. The world saw fire in that bush and stood back in fear. But no one is afraid of ashes. No one is afraid of ashes. Today, they come as close as they please. Come out the world. They even slap the professed bride of Christ on the back and get coarsely familiar. In fact, we could add to AWs. We're asking people to come slap us on the back and become coarsely familiar. We've lost this thing. We've lost this fire. The church has lost the fire that they had. And we went to Wilmington this weekend, and we noticed. We went in there to some very sincere Christians that love the Lord but there was no fire in their fireplace. And that was the first thing we felt. There's no fire here. And the reason we felt there was no fire, we'd been experiencing the fire of God, and we've realized, but we realize we've been with no fire. And I think there's many people sitting in this room this morning, and your fire's covered up with ashes. Your fire's covered up with ashes. We felt that there. There was no fire there. And we, we're talking about some young people and some old people that love the Lord. They're sincere Christians. They're diligent Christians. They read the Bible every day. They're serving the Lord. They're out witnessing the people. They're giving God the glory in their life, but there was no fire there. There was no fire there. And the Bible says in Luke 12, 49, just as what Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. And he was talking about that fire of the Holy Spirit coming on people, and these people having this fire burning inside of them. There's a difference between a a godly, sincere Christian loving the Lord, which most of us in this room really are today, and a Christian that's got this fire burning in them. And the problem with many of us is we got ashes in us this morning. We don't have a fire. They may be an ember or two way down there deep under those ashes. And one time you may have had a fire. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. Let me read Acts 2, 17 through 18. If you put that up, Brian. It says, it will come to pass, or it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit, out of my spirit, out of. That's important. On all flesh. But I'm not going to get into that this morning, but I think that's a profound out of. Go back and read the original in Joel. That out of is not there. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servant and on my maid service, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Okay? If you think about this, this is the truth. That's the promise from the Bible. I will pour out my spirit. I will. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And uh, what we have seen, this is the truth. Now, I want you to think about your Bible this morning. If you think about the Bible, you have the Gospels. Okay? The good news. You have the Gospels that describe the life of Christ. And then you have the book of Acts. Okay? You have the Holy Spirit coming in the book of Acts and pouring out, being poured out in the book of Acts. 
Let me just say this to you. You would not have the rest of the New Testament without that event in the book of Acts. There would be no New Testament. There would be no church at Ephesus. There would be no revival at Ephesus. There would be no book of Revelation. You see, what God does, salvation is our foundation, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Okay? But the Holy Spirit being poured out upon a people, that's what produces. We have a lofty vision. In our church, we have a very lofty vision. We've stated this year, we don't want to be a church people. We want to be a kingdom of God people. We have stated that over and over. We want to be gospel preachers. We have hounded you to be a gospel preacher. Over and over, we've hounded those things. We've went after those things. and We want to be spiritual. What did angels say? We want to be space walkers. We want to see into the heavenly earth. That's what we said. We have said to the Lord, we want that, Lord. That's who we are. That's our inheritance. That's our rightly thing. None of those things happen without the Holy Spirit. None of those things happen. There's a fire that God wants to release to us. And what God really wants to do, and if you study history, if you see, the Bible proves what I'm telling you, but you study history. Every move of God resulted in what? It resulted in churches being planted. It resulted in salvation. It resulted in missions. All the things that we are hungering to do, it resulted in the preaching of the gospel to the poor. It resulted in feeding the poor. All these things that we say, Lord, we want to do these things. And as Heidi Baker well said, you know, it's sad. She's, how did she say that? You know, the two wings, passion and compassion. She says it's very sad to have passion and no compassion. In other words, if all you want to do is come in here and worship the Lord and experience the love of God yourself, but there's no out for it in your life. That's sad. But she said it was even sadder to have compassion and no passion because you burn out. You burn out. And she said, I'm a phenomenon. I'm a missionary who loves what I'm doing. That's what she said. Because most missionaries, we had one to come to MCA one time. I'm thinking, I wish this woman would ever come. Because, I mean, if I was a kid sitting there listening to that woman, I'd think, I don't want to be no missionary if I'm going to hate it. You know? If I'm going to hate what I'm going to do and my life is miserable, I want somebody like Heidi Baker who says, I love what I'm doing. I love pouring myself. I love picking up dead people and picking up messed up kids. I love this. Why does she love it? Because she's filled with God. She's filled with this fire from the Holy Spirit. She has this passion in her. Y'all with me on that? So what God is wanting to do, He's not wanting us to give us spiritual gifts. He wants to do that, but He really wants to come and set us on fire again. That's what He's doing right now. Those testimonies are testimonies of fire. That's what they're testimonies of. They're testimonies of fire. God wants to get us back to the heavenly model of Christianity, the heavenly model of church. Everybody good so far? Two more verses, John 3.30. Amplified Bible. Everybody, everybody knows what Amplified Bible right? Yeah. It simply amplifies. <laughs> gives you more words. So if you're going to read it as a devotion, give yourself some extra time. <laughs> John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Okay? He must grow more prominent. I must grow less so. All right, this is what the Lord wants to do. Now, this is a vision I have, okay? This is a vision the Lord's given me. I see what God is really trying to do. This is one of the things I see in a, in a bigger picture perspective. I see this river, okay? And it is a violent river. It's the river of God. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God flowing, okay? And then I see all these little streams, okay? So you get this river of God. You've got this river of the Holy Spirit. You've got these streams. These streams are us. 
They're me and you. They're me, my anointing in my life. They're me, my little spiritual gift. They're, you know, Heather with her gift. They're Donna Cutter, Andy Squire with his little worship leading, playing the guitar gift. You know, but I see these streams. They go into this river, and guess what happens to them? They get lost in the river. They lose themselves in the river. They lose their identity in the river. They lose their popularity in the river. They lose their prominence in the river. They lose their destiny in the river. See what the church has been? Well, what's my destiny? What's my purpose? And here's the way we find all that, is we get lost in this river. Because only in that river you are ever going to find out really who God's called you to be, what He's called you to be, and your little weak gift. You know, there are some people in the church, they have great giftings, but they are nothing like signs and wonders being done at the hands of the apostle. And you know why? Because those people lost themselves in that river. And in losing themselves in that river, their personal gift was elevated. They were catapulted in something great. Do y'all see what I'm saying here? That's what that verse is right there talking about. The Lord's going to increase. We're going to get lost in the Lord. We're going to get lost in His anointing. And our little anointing, our little calling, our little authority, oh, how wonderful little it is. It's wonderful little. We can jump into something that's not little. We can jump into something that's forceful. We can jump into something that's fierce. And what will happen, our little thing will suddenly become forceful and fierce because it becomes one with the Holy Spirit. It becomes one with the Holy Spirit. And you see the body of Christ. See, that's what the Lord did on Pentecost. You know, it's really a truth. We can't produce unity. He produces it. He calls His body ministry. He calls the body to come alive. We've tried for years to make it happen. It's misery. So what do you do? You get somebody who's got a little bit more gift than everybody else and let them do it. Because you can't stand all the other stuff. Well, all of God's people can operate at a greater level. Every one of us if we'll jump in that river and lose ourselves in it. That's the vision of the Lord. That's what the outpoured spirit is. That's what the river of God's about. It's getting sucked into something that's bigger than you, bigger than me, bigger than any move, bigger than the prophetic move, bigger than the biggest church in America. It's nothing compared to what God wants to do. And He's asking people, will you join me? Will you join me? Will you get in the river? And when you do, all that you wanted, all your dreams, all your, oh, what's my purpose? Oh, what's my destiny? All that. You can't teach people about that stuff. They find it in the river. Oh, my gift. I really want to preach, Lord. Come on! I'm a preacher. I can about preach anybody on earth. You want to preach? Get in here from me. I'll show you how to preach. You want to heal people? I can heal anybody. I can raise the dead. Come on, get in here with me. Die to your little old thing. Honestly. That's what happened on Pentecost. You heard it. It says the apostles did great signs and wonders. They were doing it because they were in this river. It doesn't tell us everybody in the Bible who did these things. There's not enough pages. But believe me, there are other men and women of lesser prominence. There's always going to be more prominent people. Prominence comes from God. We're not looking for prominence. We're looking to be who God's called us to be. We're looking to find who we are in Christ. Hidden in Christ and God. That's what the Bible calls it. Well, I'm giving you a picture of what hidden in Christ and God really means. It's a profound revelation. So there's this corporate immersion that God wants to do. And our individual gifts will become indistinguishable. So you'll see somebody has a tremendous anointing to pray for people. Wow, let me get them to pray for me. You may not have that tremendous anointing. 
because they've been counterpointed. You may have a tremendous anointing to prophesy. They may not. Well, you're good with it. You're happy with it. You're not competing. You feel like there's something happening because you see God being expressed in your midst. Are y'all with me on that? All right, John 3.31, the last one. He who comes from above, this is again amplified. He who comes from above, parentheses, heaven, is far above all others. First of all, let's just say this, Jesus Christ. Let's get that one settled, okay? It's far above all others. But he who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of the earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. Let me ask you a question this morning. You and I need to decide where we belong and where we're coming from. Now, that's the decision. And the only way we are going to step into this coming from above thing the angel was talking about, the heaven thing, is we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives in a fresh way, set us on fire again, dive into the river of God, and suddenly we will become heavenly. We will become heavenly minded. It's like Donna Color saying, it's an open heaven. It's easy. God's speaking. I, you know, I'm in the program, God. Well, when you ain't in that river, baby, it ain't easy. As a matter of fact, when you ain't in that, guess what you think? Donna Color's crazy. <laughs> Number one, it ain't easy. Number two, that girl is acting stupid. Yeah, she's offended. <laughs> so that's what we got to do. Put that back up there. All right, well, anyway, he who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and excellence. And that's what God wants to do to the body of Christ. He doesn't want to make me far above my spirit excellent, or you individually. He wants to make his body. His body. We are the Christ body. That, he wants to do that in the earth, but it will never happen. It will never happen. Unless you jump into what God's doing. It won't happen. And you can go off in your life and try to do your thing and hope God will bless it and He will to some measure. But man, why would you do that when you can have something that's exponentially greater and exponentially more wonderful? Then your kid gets saved. What could be better than that? Nothing. Oh, the kid got saved. They happened to be hanging around where the Lord was at. So, um, anyways, here's the story. There's no visitor. There's one visitor. I hope that visitor's not offended. <laughs> Here, let me just go ahead and push you over the edge. There's a couple of visitors over there, but you're with Brandy and David, so, you know, they can fix you. <laughs> and we're out of time, but let me just tell you this. This is what the Lord's wanting to do. This is powerful. The love of God is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were just, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. And the Lord said, sit down beside this fella. There's a fella in the church here by himself sitting back there in the back row. Why don't you sit with him during worship? So I sat back and we chatted talked back and forth. Oh, you can stand up if you want to. Don't sit, don't sit because of me. <laughs> so I'm good, man. I'm good. We sat there and talked a while and worshiped the Lord's Son. Had a good time. I got up. It's time to get up and come up here at the front. I said, I better get up here. Keep these boys straight. You know, they're going to be getting out of control up here. I got up, and this is the truth. I was drunk as I could be. I was drunk. I was drunk. You hear what I'm saying? I was drunk. 
these men are not drunk as you suppose, is what the Bible says. I was drunk, not the way you think I was drunk. In fact, I told a friend of mine, I, was, I got drunk yesterday. Byron, what is your problem? I said, it was the Holy Spirit. I don't have a problem. So I, I get this drunkenness on me, and I look. The first person I see is Marlon Magusu. And I loved Marlon Magusu at that moment. I experienced this love that, I, that really, this is the truth. I'm convinced of one thing what I experienced at that moment. That love was not human. Because I loved Marlon, but I didn't love him like that. <laughs> In other words, this was God's love. This was a, what the Bible calls agape love that I have never really experienced. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you this, this, this love is so powerful, I'm convinced of this. If I could have stayed in that place, I could have raised the dead. And it wouldn't have been me, it was the love of God. That's what changes people. Yeah, yeah. It is a force, it is, it is, there's nothing to stand against the love of God. I felt it, I was thinking, boy, I'm going to get the priest drunk. I was excited about it. So I'm coming here, I had to do an announcement that day. I gave this, this announcement. And the drunkenness left me while I was doing the announcement. I got straight. I thought, man, I'm straight. The announcements will make you straight, man. So I was bummed about it, really. I was really bummed because I have never, I've experienced drunkenness in the past, but when I had it, it was all about me, how it made me feel. I'm drunk. Oh, Lord's touching me. Well, that's a good thing, but this was nothing about me. It was about God's love. It was about God's love. I loved everybody I saw. I mean, I loved Andy Squires. I would, have give, I would have done anything for Andy Squires. I knew this love. It was a force. Yes, God. So, I was telling Becky at the church, I said, I really got drunk in there. She said, I was praying for somebody and I got drunk. And I said, you know what? This is what we've got to do. The church needs to get drunk. That's what we need. I'm, I sent David Harwood an email. His wife, Elaine, was, I said, this is what I want to see happen at that women's retreat. I want them women to get drunk. They need it. We got it. I want them. You make sure your wife understands my vision for that women's retreat. My vision, Becky's vision, is for them to go out there and get drunk. I mean, get south drunk in the Holy Spirit. I mean, get just so drunk they can't even see straight. I, that's why I was, didn't... I want to offend you to let you know this could be offensive to people if you've never experienced Holy Spirit drunkenness. And you can be offended by drunks when you, people get drunk. But when you experience something like that and you experience the power and the love of God, what God did in me was, we need this. We need God. And then somewhere in the middle of all this, the Lord started moving. You know? And it was like what Donna said. You get to a place where you're desperate. And like, who said that? If you're thirsty, God, i got to have a drink. There's people in this room, you are nothing but ashes in your spirit. You're ashes. You're ashes. You tell the truth about yourself. You're an ash. There's no fire in your belly for God. There's no passion in you. There is no compassion. You know, God wants to release His fire in us again. That's what he wants to do. And when, we, when the fire of God comes to a corporate people, the world is changed. Because we're not talking about just having a good old hallelujah, praise the Lord time in our little world. Just a Lord calling us. He's already called us to the nations. He's called us to bring the kingdom. We will change the world. 
we will change the world, but we won't change it unless we're in that fire, we're in that river. You understand what I'm saying to you this morning? There's nothing weird about this. This is the Bible. So if you think it's crazy and weird, let me tell you something. You're the one that's crazy and weird. (laughs) This is what the Bible teaches. This is normal Christianity. Everything we've had abnormal. So that's the story. That's the story. That's what God's trying to do. Get in the river. Get your little stream in there by faith. Lord, I want it. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire, Lord. So we pray for the kids down there. The one woman got laughter. There was a girl who almost was killed in a flood in September. I mean, her car got swept away in a flood. She got out in inches, alive. She knew the Lord had something for her. The girl drove 45 minutes to find God. She was hungry. She found Him. But guess what? She didn't find Him because I did anything. She found Him because God uses different people to do different things. You need to jump in the river and you'll know what you can do and what you can't do. And so what you can't do, you help others do what they do. So anybody want the fire?